Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. The port. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for that's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast. We're live on Red Army Radio, and if you listen to us on those podcast apps, a very warm welcome. I'm Johnny. I'm joined by Dana and not Elliot this week. Um, if anyone can see him in the concourse, there's palm on a bun and three pints of lager and a bottle of wine. Uh, can you just let him know because uh, he's missing a podcast? But to help fill the void, um, we've got the self-proclaimed, the most electrifying man in fanzine entertainment, um, flying me to the moon, contributor and distributor. Mr. Tom Green. Tom, welcome back. First podcast of the season. Yeah, cheers. Looking forward to it. I can't really sell fanzines this season, though, so that that's, uh, nickname's a bit kind of out the window now. Well, what are we going to go for this time? I don't know. Tuba Rack Tom, maybe. Tuba Rack Tom, it is. So, Tuba. What is happening? So, well, guys, um, enough point on the boards uh, for Borough yesterday. After that 0 0 draw, we've informed Reading. It takes Borough now to. To 14th place, so we dropped four points, uh, four places down, sorry, um, in the championship table. So after five games, we've got six points. Tom, or oh, sorry, Tuba, I will start for you. <laughs> um, a, a point against an informed side. We we look, I think, pretty much fairly solid. Um, hard to break down. Redden only we had one shot on tag that I can remember, top of my head. Um, but do you think it was a good point for the butter? Yeah, I mean, going into the game, I thought it was winnable, uh, kind of just based on, on us beating them at the end of last season. I try not to pay too much attention to form and stuff kind of this early in the season. I'm one of the people who kind of looks at the league table after around 10 games and think, oh, well, that's probably how it's going to stick for the rest of the season. It was a I don't know, a bit of a boring game, I thought. We kind of cancelled each other out. We were quite solid. 
I'll take some of the blame for it because I, I know I did text you the other day and I said, you know what, for the first time in a while, I'm actually looking forward to Saturday. <laughs> and then we got that. <laughs> um, but to, to be fair, if I'm kind of like looking on it based on last season as well, if we were still under Woodgate at this point last season, I think we'd have lost that. Uh, we were looking quite solid. It's just we didn't have kind of too much going forward, our, our thought. I know I mentioned kind of a couple of times during the game yesterday, I wish we kind of played on the floor because um, we seemed to be kind of hoofing it up to to Britain Akpom quite a lot and their centre-backs were kind of towering over them. Um, I know we changed system in the second half as well, but it just it didn't kind of seem to work. But then reading what Warnock said about it after the game, where he said as it opens up, that's when Redden can, can win. I can kind of see why he never kind of like brought Roberts on or anything like that to, to change it. But... Um, yeah, overall, I think good points, uh, kind of based on that. If we had to kind of see how to draw, I'd rather we uh, we got the point and stayed unbeaten in, was it four games now? Yeah, mm-hmm. unbeaten in three or four, but I think you're right, Tom. I think, I think it was a good point. I think there wasn't much in the game. I felt like I was asleep for most of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those games where it wasn't probably for the... for the, for the It was fun for the Pierce Ray, and I think it, it wasn't for... Wasn't really many clear cut chances. I think Johnny Housen was marginally offside just to, to put in the back of that. It was a great finish, but it would just It was, wasn't it? It, it just uh it would have been great to win the game, but I thought a point was probably deserved. But Dana, we've both mentioned that we've looked solid. The foundation was there. It wasn't obviously the most entertaining game in the world, but how would you assess Borough's performance in general? Because it wasn't I wanna say I thought out there, I thought we played okay. We were hard working side, which I've always wanted us to be this year. Um but it wasn't very creative, should we say? No, and to be honest, I thought we were quite poor. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I thought people were saying after the game, and I saw a lot of this on, on social media, that it was a good point. Uh, so, I mean, it was a good point. It was a good performance against a good side, but I disagree on both points. Reading are a side riding a good wave, but I don't think they're a particularly good team. They've got mm. an incredibly depleted squad. Their squad depth is pretty much non-existent. It's on par with or if not worse than ours, hence why they're playing academy players out of, out, well, in the team and players out of position. I'm not saying they're awful, but some of the reaction was almost as if it was we were playing Watford or, or they'd suddenly turned overnight into a, a Norwich or a Watford or, or a Bournemouth, a newly relegated side that, that will be up there next season. Um, I think if I was to make a prediction, come the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in and around where we are. Yeah, I, I, well, I spoke to Alan Park Royals on uh, on one of their podcasts and I spoke to Tyler Sen as well and the, and the boss said like like they think they're going to probably drop like a stone halfway through the season. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, they are riding that wave. But sorry, I, yeah. I interrupted. <laughs> yeah, take, I mean, taking my thoughts on reading out of the equation and looking at the game in isolation, I don't think they were all that great. But on the flip side, I don't think we were particularly great either. Um, you know, there was just... It, it felt like both sides were prodding each other in a boxing match. There was no creativity from them and there was no creativity from us. I think they had one shot on target, we had none. Um, you could say that you could dress that up as a good day for the defences, but I think equally it was probably a bad day for, for the attack. Um, f- first half, they were skying short time wide over the crossbar. They were misplacing five-yard passes. They were making unforced errors and, you know, there was... There was scope there to exploit their weaknesses. They had a really high, high line from set pieces. We never took advantage of that. And I think we played it too safe. We didn't mm. gamble. And as soon as Brit went off, I thought that that was the end of the game because as much as people want to criticise Brit, 
he holds up the play, you know, and, and he links the play between the midfield and the attack. And as soon as he came off, we had absolutely nothing behind Chewback Tom. Chewback Tom. And, <laughs> and that was it. And I just felt like because we didn't take a gamble, you know, we didn't maybe put Patrick Roberts on, which I think we'll talk about later. For me, the performance was a was a was a miss. Fantastic point, of course. You know, un- unbeaten now in four, but I was I was a little bit disappointed with that with this play. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, um, I, I can see your frustrations. Um, I think a lot of fans now are looking back to last season to see where we were, mm. how open we were, um, how defensively naive and neglected we were, and the seeing this year is a much bigger improvement to that. I think. It doesn't hard. It's not hard to beat last year um, because we were that That's poor. True. Um, but when you see like you've turned a corner, the team's a lot works a lot harder now, and we try and grind out those results. It's it shows a sign of a good team. Um, when you're not playing well and you're still trying to get a draw against an informed side, I think you take it. But I, I kind of agree with you. I do agree with you, Dana. That it do, it was a little bit disappointing. Mm. Um, I don't know. You saying Tom that you've you pretty much jinxed it. I think you have. I think that just the <laughs> well done, the, Tom. <laughs> the, the goal side of things, it, it dries up, and you do worry a little bit that we we lack that creative spark. But hopefully, with with Roberts coming in, um, we should have that that spark when we when we need it. That that Gaston Ramirez type of player who who just opened defenses and got us over the line. I think we probably need that to probably probably finish the table this year. Um, but Tom, would you agree with with what Dana was saying there? Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with the the fact that you know it's probably a poor day for for both attacks. I think defensively, like I say, we were a lot more solid than we were last season, so that's good to see. Uh, it's just like I say, we had we had nothing going forward, and going into the game, like I say, I, I thought it was winnable. I don't think we looked at like Reading at home as a game where you think that'd be a good point. Mm-hmm. Like if we get a draw from that. I did want us to win that. It's just we just seemed to cancel each other out, and it was just a, a very kind of nothing game. I think that I don't think they've beat us now in a, in eight games. I believe. I think last season it was it was the seventh straight victory for us against Reading, but now they're eight uh, where eight un, undefeated against them. So that's that's nice. It's nice, yeah. There's only one game I can remember when when Southgate was manager. It was his first ever game of management. Uh, we're two 0 up against Ren after fifteen twenty minutes, and then we get beat three two. That was that was literally the the first game after the Europa League final, sorry, mm-hmm. the UEFA Cup final, whatever it was called. But uh, it was UEFA Cup. That was Europa. It, 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 How it might you have fallen then? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Southgate, England manager. Um, yeah, unbelievable. But anyway, then um, I only mentioned it in your in your little mini rant, but <laughs> we 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 changed we did change shape yesterday. Um, obviously, in, early in that first half, I think we did. Revert to a four-three-three, really early doors, um, but it was more of we were moving. We were kind of moving formation as the game was playing. Mm. Um, but in that second half, we seen Brick come off with a strain, which we'll probably come on to in, in, in a second. But how do you think we fared with with the shape? And would you like to have seen Roberts actually come in? I know he's, he's he might not be ready yet, but do you think you, you would would you have liked to see him come in? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him come in. I mean, to be fair, a half-fit Rusty Patrick Roberts probably would have offered something to that game. But as for the formation switch, I know I sound like Morning Myrtle here, but I just don't like us playing a 4-3-3. I think if we have that advanced midfielder like Patrick Roberts in um, just in front of Morsey or Savile or Housen, whoever it is, then fine. But we just we didn't have that. And like I said, <clears throat> the substitution, I mean, yeah, he said that there was a tightness there for Brit. <clears throat> but 
it just it I mean the, the substitution just didn't make sense to me. Um some people were saying it was almost like putting uh, George Friend on for, for British Somber longer under the Tony <laughs> P- I don't think it was quite that bad. I think that's a disrespect to Neymar. I do. <laughs> yes. You know what, right? Here we are, like, I think I can I can see why we did it. Obviously mm. we 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 were forced into it, but you know, he knocks a good ball in the box, Neymar does, so... He does, yeah. I mean, that's what he's capable of, but I understand why Patrick Roberts was on the bench, even though he didn't play, because we don't have a lot of options, so he was probably there to fill a, fill a number, but I just don't like us playing 4-3-3. I just don't think we have the players for it. Um, if we sign Balassi, you know, potentially, of course, you know, you've got a, a winger there, um, and, and a good one at that on his day... But I just don't like the four three three. And the second half was was a dead rubber, really, from both sides. And I can't really remember too much happening apart from the disallowed goal, which apparently was onside. That's what Neil Warnock says. But Neil Warnock would yeah, say that, wouldn't Neil he? Neil loves it. He just mourns <laughs> for any reason. You know what I mean? He'll, he'll... Hey, Lino! <laughs> you should say that. <laughs> just that fifty one at uh, fifty one second. Uh, Robbo, go and tell him down there. He's running around. <laughs> Love it. Oh God. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it counted, it'd been a great three points, and I think it got to a point in that game about the sixty-fifth minute or something where both teams kind of went, "Ah, you know, I'll take a point here. I'll take, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, why not? You know what I mean? Tough place to come. We're playing in form side. Yeah, I think a point was probably fair. Um, but we'll we'll start chatting about uh, chatting about transfers then. Um, but Tom, it was no secret. That uh, Baba Raman from Chelsea um, in the window was a was a deal which was very close, um, but it's never really materialised, which was a bit of a shock. Um, as you can sense, my sarcasm there. <laughs> uh, but Mark Ball, he kept his place yesterday. I would think he fared playing at left back. Do you think he looked pretty solid? And do you think we need a left back still? Yeah, I thought he, he's played pretty solid for the last couple of games. Um, I don't want to kind of go over the top just after after two games, but I'm kind of hoping that uh, you know Warnock can can be the one who, who turns him around. Because for me, uh, on the other side, Dyke Steele's finally starting to show like why we signed him. I think he's had a cracking start of the season, and I, I think I would put that down to to proper coaching from from Warnock and, and his team. So I'm I'm hoping he can do the same thing with Ball. I'd, I'd still like to see another uh, another left back come in. Um, purely because I don't think he rates Coulson at left back, and I don't really rate Neymar myself at left back. I'd rather he was pushed up. Uh, so I'd rather there was some competition there for uh, for Baller. But fingers crossed, uh, this can be the point where he's uh, he's kind of turned around and starts developing. Yeah, he was he was my player I watched last year, and I, I kind of just I'm slowly just hoping he comes good. Um, just for my ego, like, oh, really. Oh, but, uh, Baller, Baller, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, I thought honestly, when he signed, I thought hey, it's a good sign on that. You know, he's got all the raw materials there uh, to be a really good player, and he just didn't really show, did he? And obviously, it just didn't work out for him. But hey, you never know. I thought he was he was he was alright yesterday, and he could. I think he could keep his place for for Bristol City um, on Tuesday night. But Tom, obviously, with Brit pulling up yesterday as well, we've only got really have one fit striker at the club now. Um, again, obviously with Steve Watt going out on loan, MK Dons, Fletch having surgery on his hamstring. How important is it we find that fourth striker? Because we're, we're very depleted at the minute. I, I think it's important now that we know that Fletch is out till the end of January. Um, I, I know he's taken Britt off at half-time the other day, saying uh, I'd rather he was fit for, for Tuesday and the game's coming up and everything. Um, I just think now if we're going to carry on playing two up front and stay Walker's went out on loan, we've we've got nothing possibly like 
Tyrone O'Neill will be getting a, a look in again or anyone else from, from the reserve. So I, I know they've mentioned free agency. I just think it is very important to get that uh, fourth strike, you know. Yeah, especially with Roman Burrell not really coming through yet. Mm. You, you would think he was going to start pulling through this year, but I think it's a good move for Steve Walker, don't you? Just to get away. Yeah, I do, and he's going back to a, a club in which he, he seemed to do well at last season. Um, just going on to that fall strike, did anyone see the list of free agents? It was full of like Bartok Betche, Marvin Emnes, Ishmael Miller. <gasps> it had like Ian Hume. So <laughs> Get the band back together, big-ish, you know, Marvin Emnes up top. Oh, but I'll bet you what West Ham away. Wow, what a diamond in the dirt! Mm. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> some throwback names there. I mean, people were saying, "Ooh, Daniel Sturridge," but I mean, we're not going to sign Daniel Sturridge, and even if we do, we'd probably have to get the physios ready. Aren't we? <laughs> we need a replacement for just Ed, so, so yeah, it, ma- very it makes true. sense. It makes sense. Very true, but yeah, I mean, Steve Walker, it's, it's a good move for him. But I do agree with Tom. I think we need that that fast strike, especially if we're going to play with a three-five-two. Mm. Um, I think we need that protection really on the bench if if there is another injury yeah you've got Marcus Brown there as well Marcus Brown came in um against Bournemouth and scored but we kind of it's like a, the worst kept secret that he's he's not a, a center forward but if he can play there then I think we have to we have to kind of try him if, we, if we're clutching at straws but um keep him on transfers then obviously Yannick Balassi you, you mentioned him there and obviously Tom mentioned him as well he even even himself he he even put a tweet out himself saying that the deal was so close, pretty much everything was done, and it just never materialised for whatever reason. Kind of two points I want to pl- I want to ask you: um, Are you disappointed that we weren't able to bring him in, and should we look at him, look at him again in January to see if we can potentially get a deal over the line? Mm, I was a little bit conflicted. I mean, would he have offered us something different? Would he have improved us? Yes. But I think the thing with Yannick Balassi is you'll get one good game out of him in about 10. I think that's what Neil Warner basically said. He said he's frustrating. That's what you're going to get with him. And I never felt as though that deal was was feasible anyway because even without sort of knowing the ins and outs of uh, of the deal, you can expect that his wage packet is far higher than what Borough can easily negotiate through. And I think the link came out, was it Thursday night? I don't know whether that was when the the contact was engaged, but you're leaving that deal quite late and you know in the window, and I just don't feel as though they gave themselves enough time to do it. Uh, should we go back in for it? I don't see why not. I mean, he's worked in he's worked under Neil Warnock before, um, who did quite well with him at Palace, and he's an extra option. He, he allows us to be flexible in in our formation, and if we do go back to a, a four three three for you know the remainder of uh, up, up until January, sorry, he would be a, a key part of that on that wing. So um, a little bit conflicted. I mean, I was a bit disappointed because it meant that deadline day was uh, snooze fest again. But I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Okay, Tom, I'm just going to ask you a similar question. Here. Is it kind of like you're not even surprised that we weren't able to bring anyone in? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, every year you think it's going to be different and they're going to change and they just hurt you all over again by not bringing anyone in. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that uh, that Palassi link it came out Thursday night and I was like, oh, it's probably not going to happen. But you start dreaming of, like, Palassi and Robert side of written that bomb, you think, yeah, OK, maybe maybe you can make the 4-3-3 work. Maybe it's actually going to happen this season and then nothing. 
He's just not meant to sign for Borough Balassi, is he? He's no. got as far as the, the training pitch, and then he was, he, he's on the training pitch with Tony Pulis. Yeah, like, he was, wasn't he? He probably just got there and went, oh, I'm not coming here. Like, look at Tony Pulis. Yeah, he probably saw Pulis and decided to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm off to Villa. <laughs> I mean, it was probably one of them for the Van Lepara role yeah. on, on the bench, and that's it. Just yeah. to keep everyone happy. Oh, Van Lepara. Best thing that he gave was that Van Man. <laughs> take it to the left, take it to the right. Oh, Chester Downley can't beat a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, right, Tom, I want to throw one out here. Um, I was doing a little bit of research, you know, I was having a look at maybe. There might be ITKs kicking around, loads of free agents about. Um, obviously, free agents now are probably going to be something that we definitely need, and the market itself will probably get a lot cheaper, just given one, COVID, two, the revenues are down, um, and, and three, players really need clubs. Um, but I've seen Duncan Watmore is a name that just keeps like cropping up. Um, I'm going to throw out there, is he really what Bora need right now? You know what? Personally, I can't say I've seen too much of him, but he has been linked before, and one of my best mates is a Sunderland fan, so I've spoken to him about him before, and he said he's very direct, used to be very quick, but he's had a terrible time with injuries and he's made of glass. Um, so <laughs> he, he said it would be a risk signing him because he's not really played that much for, for two years, but if it, if the risk comes off, it would probably be what, what we need. Um, personally, I think I'd, I'd like someone who had actually played in the last couple of years and kind of didn't have that time of injury because I think with what Warnock said about uh, Yaya Sonogo where it was apparently we are going to take a, a few months to actually get him up to speed I feel like this might be the same situation Yeah Is that, is that the problem you can fa- potentially face with the, all these free agents that are available that they're just not fit enough yet we need someone to come in and actually be ready to play well, yeah, you see it with with Shotton. Shotton still hasn't found a club after leaving us. He will obviously lack that match sharpness, and you probably need somebody to hit the ground running straight away. And the thing with Duncan Watmore, like you mentioned, he's he's injury prone, and you probably got a better, a more helpful perspective on him than my uh, son supporting friend who just laughed. He just <laughs> laughed at the link. Um, I think he said the same thing that he was just made out of glass and. Um, yeah, um, oh god, I don't want to say Tony Pulis then. Uh, Neil Warnock mentioned it. <laughs> Practically the same person, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Neil. <laughs> but no, um, Neil Warnock mentioned it that after two weeks, if a free agent hasn't been snapped up by a club, then you have to question why. You know, is it because they're injury prone? Is it because they're they're just not good enough? Um, it's a it's a market that we will have to explore because of the lack of options. But Neil Warnock seems to have sort of cooled his approach on it. I know he said uh, before uh, the deadline on, on Thursday, uh, Friday, sorry, that he would explore free agents. But looking at the list, there's not a lot of good players there, if I'm, if I'm being honest, unless we do want to get Ishmael Miller back up front. I mean... There's nothing wrong with that. There's <laughs> nothing. Yeah, Marvin Emnes, <laughs> Ishmael Miller, we get Kai Kamara as well. Yeah. I've got a shirt from Kai Kamara, actually. So yeah, the Bor- that is the original Borough banner. We can get that back. Yeah, the best thing he ever gave us was turned up to the training ground in that gorilla costume for Halloween. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was a character. He do just you- didn't read the room, did he? Like, do you remember when he accused Middlesbrough? Of, um, oh God, what was it? It's something about e- Ebola. They I didn't it was malaria, help- wasn't it? Yeah, I think it might have been something about they didn't. <laughs> wow. they, they, massive they, contrast. They, they didn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> they didn't help him with something, so you accused them of something. That's what I can remember. Uh, well, it was like, there was something like not we weren't able to help him whilst he was away on international duty. Any contractor was it? I might have been malaria, but like I'm googling it. I I can't remember what it was, but it was a. Uh, you have to search it then because I'm I'm pretty unsure. But he, he did go in go in. I was but now he's I don't know what, what's he doing. I'm kind of I'm sure he was in the MLS last time. I heard yeah, he's, he's one of the top scorers in the MLS. Playing for Barnsley in the MLS. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, yeah, Kai Kamara, Malaria Tweet, Storm. Um, Storm, what a headline. He wasn't exactly inundated with get well soon messages after criticising the club for doing nothing when he contracted malaria. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you say? What, what are Boris supposed to do in that situation? Anyways. Maybe send him a get well soon card. <laughs> yes. Maybe. <laughs> Moon pig. Yeah. Just you know, put his face in a circle and just say, get well soon. <laughs> what? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. But obviously, with, with that now, I mean, what you said about Kai Kamara, Ishmael Miller, Marvin Emnes, I know we're not going to sign them, but do you think we have to be a little bit careful then with like the, the players that potentially bring in? Now, if we were going to go down that free agent route, because obviously COVID's still around, there's no fans in the stadium, revenues are going to probably shrink quite significantly given that Borough fans don't really tend to sell out on like merchandise mm. um, so like, where do you think the, the money's going to come from for that but also the do you think Borough have to be really careful if we were to bring one or two bodies in I think they do and and, and what Warnock said is that towards the last stages of the, of the window he wasn't going to ask Steve Gibson for, for more money because it's just not feasible and I, I'm not sure what they can do really other than maybe hope and pray that the government do a u-turn on on letting the fans in um i was reading an article in the gazette earlier about the um the hospitality how they've uh, they're, they're trialing the the hospitality and it's just so strange to me that you can watch a, a football match inside the stadium but not in the stands when it's literally being played on the pitch outside but you can't but you can only watch it through a screen. It, I, I don't get it, and I'm not best placed to to say what's right and what's wrong. But to me, it just it's it's just so strange, and I, I don't know what else they can do. Um, I think you and Elliot spoke about it on on Instagram Live the other day about innovative ways to sort of change the the revenue and, and bring money in. But I don't think there's a perfect way. I don't think there's a perfect situation for. For Borough, which I mean, it's it is a shame that the fans aren't allowed in, and I just hope and pray that that, that changes. Yeah, and um, obviously, if if you want to submit your Borough anonymous tweets, yeah, you, know, you can send it through an email at theboroughbreakdown at hotmail but also send it through Twitter and Instagram DMs if you want to do that. Um, but then let's move on. Let's let's show our Bristol City if you want. Um, yes. so up next for the Borough, we we go to Bristol City. They're obviously top of the ta- top of the table at the minute. Also, I only went table there. <laughs> we're nearly <laughs> proper Jordy. Um, top of the table, played five, won four, drawn one under newly uh, permit manager Dane Holden. Obviously, he was there for for the majority of the the, the COVID part. But Dana, what do you think we should look for against Bristol City? I'm going to help you out this week. I'll take Elliot's role to to break them down for you. Yeah, they, um, they drew their last game 2-2 against Barnsley. Uh, they used a 3-5-2 formation. I was looking at the highlights. It was two deflected goals from um, from their players. 
But looking at Bristol City, it's interesting with them because I remember the uproar about Dean Holden being appointed manager. They all wanted their owner out because it just, I don't know, I guess it stunk of a lack of ambition. They were linked with Chris Hewton throughout the whole of the summer and then um, he appointed the number two. But he's he's done really well with them. I think they've brought in some really good players, Joe Williams, Alfie Mawson, uh, Stephen Sessegnon. Uh, they've got experience with Chris Martin and former Borough player Chris Brunt. Um, so they've made some really good signings. I think Joe Williams is probably missing for them in midfield. I think he's not quite fit. I don't know when he will be, but um, a player that Borough were after um, in the summer. But potential weaknesses, <laughs> this made me laugh, but uh, Callum O'Dowder was the man who gave away the penalty right at the end of the game against Barnsley. Um, he was called a reckless plum by someone <laughs> on the forum, which I just thought was brilliant. Uh, but yeah, he was he was heavily criticised for giving away the penalty. Uh, partly defensively, he's he's a liability. So uh, potential weakness there. There's some issues with changing shape there on in the game. Uh, they sat back. Uh, they reverted to a, a three-five-two, a three-four-one formation, and they sort of tried to soak up the pressure, the pressure, but it backfired on them. Uh, Barnsley won the penalty at the death, and, and Carly Woodrow scored it. But I think if Borough are applying pressure late on in the game. Uh, Bristol City's defence could be breached but uh, just having a look at the forums as well um, somebody put that that their main concern is their inability to keep the ball um, and control a game so you know Morsey, Savile whoever plays in in Mayfield House as well big game for them Uh, but just uh, finally the ones to watch uh, Jamie Patterson the uh, joint top scorer this season albeit with only two goals but a very good player on his day really do rate Jamie Patterson uh, Chris Martin, he's had a, a good start to the season. Big physical presence up front, holds the ball up well, links the play well. Um, Andy Vyman as well uh, was excellent in the fixture against us last season. Um, so they, they've got a, a good team. But I think like yeah. Reading, they, they will probably fall off. And I think their fans are in agreement at that. They're, they're a team that excites me this year, Bristol City. Um, I think Dean Holland's got a good crop of players there. He's got some good staff with Keith Downing and and Paul Simpson there to be that experience head around him. They brought in Chris Brunt, which will help probably with the change room and changing that mentality of trying to get themselves up the, up the table this year. And, and within the playoffs, obviously, Chris Martin coming, he's been there and done it as well. Um, but it's it's kind of some good points that you made there, Dana. So, like, Bristol City, for me, I think they're a very counter-attacking team. And mm-hmm. um, we've seen that at the Riverside um, in, the, in the end of the COVID season where those two counter-attacking goals just absolutely annihilated us and... It was pretty much the end of of George Friendry when we 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 seen that, and mm-hmm. I think they're they're very well structured in how they, how they set up. Um, I know you mentioned they're the three five two. They've, they've played that for the majority of the season, and the majority of the time that Dean Holland's been there, so they obviously revert from that four two three one to more of a three five two. And when we match that foundation, I think they're probably better um, with they have a better foundation than us with the three centre halves. I think Alfie Mawson was a is a great sign and he shows that leadership presence. Obviously you've got Callas injured there as well. Um but also you've got that young lad of um Taylor Moore. I think he's twenty two, twenty three year old. I think he's came at the side. Um I, if I remember rightly, I think he was picked up from Lens on about four or five years ago and he's mm. played England international all the way up. Um, I think he's like six three, six four. So young potential centre half there, I think you can maybe get him a little bit, but he seems pretty solid. I'm really impressed with Alfie Mawson already. I think he was going to be something massive, Alfie Mawson, but mm-hmm. he's, he's just never materialised, has it? We'd be interested to see how he fares up. Obviously, with the injuries they've got, they've got Tyreek uh, Backinson in there. I think Tyreek's a, he's a talent that's come through the, the system for them. And 
is he going to be a world beater? I don't know, but in terms of what he's bringing to the game, he tends to sit in that, sit in the back three, and um, when they're defending, obviously, when they when they, when they haven't got the ball, he'll sit and he'll sit in the little hallway. He'll let you let uh, the likes of Patterson and Lyman go forward, and you've also got the experience there with with uh, Taylor Rowe and Jack Hunt as, as wing backs. But for me, they've got they've got a few injuries there, like you mentioned there. The Callas is injured there. You've got Joel Williams. Are we after he's injured? Liam Walsh, and not even to mention as well, they've got probably the best left back in the division, in my opinion, in Jada Silva. So there's opportunity there for us to go at. They're a counter-attacking team. I think it can be a game where when you have two counter-attacking teams, then I think you can you can cancel each other out fairly quickly. Um, and it's a case of who wants to who who wants to take more of a risk um, going forward. So um, for me, I think it should be it's going to be a, a very very difficult game for us. <sighs> can I see us getting something? I'm not too sure, um, but. I think counter-attacking play is going to be the, the main focus of the game. But the only way we combat that, I think, is if if we try to be aggressive in the midfield, we get the interceptions there that you mentioned with Marzi and Saville and Housen, let Paddy McNair come in and try and overrun the midfield to try and get on that front foot and try and get forward. Um, because we've seen before they've been there for the taking, so we'll we'll potentially see. But Tom... How, how do you think we'll fare against Bristol City? Do you think it's going to be a really difficult game for us to, to play against? Yeah, I think, going back to what I said, I didn't think about Redden. Uh, this is the type of game where going into it, I think I'd be happy with a point against these. I think, um, but no one Borough, typically it might end up the other way around. We'll end up with a point against Redden beating these, but... Uh, this this is the one where I expected it to to be a lot more challenging. I think we got these and then Cardiff after afterwards, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, and I just I saw those two as the the tough ones from from this run of of four games in uh, ten days, uh, and Redden as the winnable one. So I, I'm expecting a pretty difficult game against them. Well, that's it, mate. I think I think you're right with 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 the travel down there to Bristol City on the Tuesday, and then probably we're gonna. Probably stay down there. I'm assuming you know if we're gonna if we're gonna play Cardiff on on, on the Saturday. But the two really difficult games for us. Um, can you potentially see? What can you potentially see us getting? Do you think you see us maybe like a point, or do you think it can be a defeat? Or well, I'm not too sure because it seems to be one of those places where we go on. I never expect us to get anything, but we seem to get a point or a a, a win against them. I, I think it was only a couple of. Years ago, when uh, Martin Snakeweight was still here, uh, he, he scored <laughs> against him, I think. And um... that caught me off guard. I wasn't <laughs> He's Barcelona's number nine. How dare you? That, that's ridiculous. Last, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm sure we didn't we get a draw against him last season as yeah, well. Yeah, like turn all down. I remember that game. It, it was a decent performance, actually. Yeah, that's when we all thought we'll get was yeah, that was going to click. It was going to click. It was gonna, like a little bit like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United. Now, um, I, I listened on the kickoff. If you've listened, we were Chew Jordy and um, yeah, yeah. And they were saying Ollie does this thing where like he's just about to get sacked and then they'll pull out a four-one <laughs> win and like it's like it was so true. We'll get like we'll get oh we'll 
crap, we're crap, and we're not going to win any games. We'll pull out a Dragon's Bristol City, and then we'll win every every game at Christmas. And it just somehow kept him in a job for like yeah. however long when it's he should have got sacked. But just one of those things, and we're all waiting for Woodgate to click the same way we we're waiting for Bournemouth to drop off from that uh, that season <laughs> oh, where they God. went up. For... Some say they're still going to. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was wasn't it Paul Walsh that just always bigged them up on Sky Sports, and Borough fans always used to get fuming about it. Yeah. That was brilliant. Every Saturday, every Saturday you'd get on Twitter and people would be like, is Paul Walsh a Bournemouth fan? He's like, you know, right, calm down. Who was, who was the referee that used to referee all the like referee most of their games? What was oh. that? It was, it was like a really big conspiracy theory, wasn't it? For like, yeah, because he'd always get a penalty, wouldn't there? I think yeah, Harry Arter always was... Callum Wilson and Harry Arter. Yeah, Harry Arter is the biggest. He did it for Fulham. He did it for Fulham. He died for Fulham and got a player sent off. Yeah. Oh, who was, was it? I can't was remember. It Keith? Stroud. Keith Stroud is a bad referee. I'm just going to throw it out there. It might be Keith Stroud, you know. Not Keith Stroud kissing the ball during a pandemic the other, uh, against Watford, first game of the season. <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying to think of who it is. Um, I'm sure it's Keith Stroud, you know. I'm sure he's I think from, it is. from, from Bournemouth. Yeah, really. I think it is. What can, what can you say? But in terms of that Bournemouth team, though, the one comparison I think we have with Bristol City is that Bristol City only we have what twenty two, twenty three players who are first team players. Well, I'd probably mm. say less than that. I think it's about nineteen, twenty players. Very similar to us. So what you were saying there, Dana, is that they might potentially drop off. But would you would you be surprised if Bristol City were to stay in the top six this year? I don't know. I'd be. Um, I don't know. I feel like they have a good start there. They have good foundations. I do rate a lot of their players, but um, I think it's just. Something's just not clicking, and I think it goes back to what, uh, or something probably end up, uh, will end up not clicking, uh, which is why I feel like they will fall off, which goes back to what the fans were saying on the forum about the midfield. I think the midfield is probably an issue for them. Um, and some tactics, what I mentioned of them sitting back and sort of inviting the pressure, I don't feel as though they're well equipped to see a game out. Uh, in that mm. respect, so that is a potential area that we can can exploit. But I do really rate Bristol City. I like. I don't know why, but I just like them as a club. Um, yeah, they've got like a nice presence, haven't they? they Especially online. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think really good kits this season as well. Um, but uh, that's kind of irrelevant. That's just me rambling. Um, <laughs> but I never like us playing them. I was just looking here from 2012 to 2017. We we lost five games on the spin against them. And it didn't seem to matter around that time. I think it was like the, the Karanka era, which it was the worst. We just, whenever we would go there or whenever they would come here, I just felt like it was just, it was a nailed on defeat for us. And I know it's it's changed recently. Opposite contrasts there, wasn't it? If one of you is thinking that you're always going to get beat, Tom was the other optimist. Oh no! I mean, it, it was only recently I've been thinking. Well, I, I, I was go. I'd say we go there expecting to get beaten. We somehow end up coming away with something. But I think the last time I can remember us going there and expecting to win was when Mallory Martin smashed that free kick in oh, at the end yeah. past uh, David yeah. James. Yeah, I was looking at our record actually just to. Solidify it. Two wins in eleven games against them for Borough, so it's not a great record. It even stretches back to thirteen games. So two two wins in thirteen games. Uh, the two wins came in twenty eighteen, two one uh, the Riverside in April twenty eighteen, and then uh, two nil in August twenty eighteen. So 
Um, it's it's just one of those games that when I look at the fixture list, I never I'm never confident. So I think in this in this fixture, I would take a draw. Well, this is quite that was quite nice because I'm going to ask for your predictions. Uh, go on then, Truba. You can go first. I'm going to go with one-one <laughs> draw. One-one draw, uh, Dana. I'm probably going to go the same. Yeah, one-one. Well, so I get beat two 0 Sorry, guys. My first defeat of the season is a uh, for well prediction of the season is a uh, is going to be a defeat. So two 0 one-one, and one-one. I'm going to go with L's. I think L's will probably say. Oof. I think he's going to say it's probably going to be one of them. And it's going to be. And, and he's going to look at the average positions. I think L's would probably say a 2 1 defeat. I, I would... feel like he'd say 1 uh, one all. Oh. Well, Tom, what do you think? Do you think what do you think is. <laughs> the decided vote. <laughs> you know L's just as much as I do. <laughs> I reckon we'll uh, we'll go for three one ones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I see how it is, right? Okay, well, well, that's pretty much it then, guys. Um, so on uh, on Tuesday night, we're gonna we're gonna be discussing. Oh, well, yeah, a little, little mini announcement. We're gonna be, on Tuesday night. We're gonna be chatting about Bristol City game and look ahead to Cardiff as well. So I think we'll probably announce that on our channels maybe tomorrow. Um, we might do a live. We might not do a live. We'll 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 we'll, we'll work it out. But um, that's pretty much it. If you like this podcast, then give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, Acast, or on Spotify. You can obviously rate us on those. So if you can, that would be absolutely great. It helps us get found um, on different platforms. It also helps Aura fans um, be linked with us, essentially. So it increases our, our following as well. But this is pretty much it, and that wraps up the podcast. So foundation, solid creativity is what we've pretty much spoke about on this podcast. Sounds like we're either mistaken while chatting about a house. You know what I mean? We're, <laughs> bu- we're building a house in the in the Masonic Hill. Doing a kitchen. They're doing a kitchen and <laughs> tea side. But uh, this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast. I'm Johnny Bullock. I'm with Dana and Tom Green. And that was the Borough Breakdown podcast. And this was all your match day chatter in a pod. Up the Borough Breakdown. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 